I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Hey, Lurkers, welcome to this week's episode. I am back from scout camp last night, and I am recording on Friday. I will have this edited and out on Friday, but it'll be later than usual, obviously, because it's already after nine in the morning. So I survived scout camp, um, sort of. Very tired, very sore, slightly sunburned lots of bug bites um but it's over so for this week we are once again headed to west virginia and this is a little bit of a shorter episode just because it's kind of short and sweet but it is another true crime slash ghost story a lot of times when somebody dies violently It's not unusual to have a ghost story associated with it after the fact because violent death can sometimes cause paranormal events. War, like battlefields, Gettysburg, that sort of thing. Murder, accidents, anything where somebody dies unexpectedly in a violent way or suddenly where they have things left unfinished or similar things to that. That is the theory that those type of events create paranormal occurrences. This is one such event. So first we will get into the true crime part of things and then I will tell you about the haunting associated with it. So the subject of our story is Mamie Thurman, who was born in Kentucky in 1900. A little history about Mamie. Her mother died when she was only three years old, and she and her sisters were raised by her father. Her father was said to be very strict and supposedly abused her. In 1928, her father was shot dead during a gun battle with police. Illegal alcohol was reportedly involved. So Mamie's two sisters were sent to an orphanage. Our actual story starts in 1924, but I wanted you to get a little bit of a picture of Mamie's life before that. So the fact that her father died in a gun battle with police kind of shows you what kind of person he was. So in 1924, Mamie and her husband, Jack Thurman, moved to the town of Logan, West Virginia. Logan is located in the southern end of West Virginia, along the Guyandote River. At the time, the town was a thriving coal mine town. Mamie and Jack moved into a garage apartment located behind their landlord's house in the backyard. Their landlord was Harry Robertson. Robertson worked for the National Bank of Logan and served as treasurer for the Logan Public Library. He was a prominent and powerful man in the area. Harry Robertson's wife, Louise, was the treasurer of the Logan Women's Club, and both she and her husband were active members of their church. 
the Robertsons also took in boarders in their home, namely Clarence Stevenson. Clarence was a black man in his late 20s from Tennessee. He lived in the Robertsons' attic and served as the chauffeur and handyman, and also did other little jobs around the house like feeding the dogs or doing the dishes. Clarence was also Harry Robertson's favorite hunting partner. Through Harry Robertson, who was also president of the city commission, Jack Thurman secured employment as a police patrolman on the night shift, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And also through the Robertsons, the Thurmans gained acceptance into the Logan's high society. Mamie was a strong, intelligent woman who was involved with her local church. And while her husband worked the graveyard shift, Mamie, tired of her boring life, began living on the wild side. She began having an affair with her landlord, Harry Robertson. While Mamie's husband, Jack, remained clueless, Harry's wife, Louise, found out and cut out all friendly ties with Mamie. But Harry wasn't Mamie's only lover. On June 21, 1932, Mamie and Harry had a clandestine meeting planned, but it ended up being canceled by Robertson. But during the evening, Robertson grew uneasy. He knows he isn't the only man Mamie is intimate with. She actually gave him a list of 16 men she was allegedly having affairs with. So Harry Robertson sends his friend, Clarence Stevenson, to keep an eye on Mamie. Harry told Clarence to check to see if Mamie was at the home of Fennett Jones, who had a boarding house. Harry and Mamie used the boarding house for some of their meetings. Stevenson reported back to Robertson that Mamie was not at the boarding house. Harry Robertson told Clarence Stevenson to keep watch outside the social club. The social club was a place where Logan's elite residents went with their girlfriend or wife or both, if you get my meaning. At 9 p.m., Harry Robertson joined his son to listen to a fight at the smokehouse. Stevenson stayed on guard but never saw Mamie and he returned home. The morning of the next day, Jack Thurman returns home from work to find that his wife is not there. Clarence Stevenson offers to drive Jack around to look for her. In the meantime, Garland Davis, a young deaf mute, was out on Trace Mountain Road, roughly 10 miles from Logan, to pick blackberries. There, he found Mamie's mutilated body along the road near the top of the mountain. She was about 25 feet off the road. Her throat was cut ear to ear, and she had been shot in the head twice by a 38 caliber. Her neck was broken, and her face was badly disfigured. She was found only about a mile from the Robertson hunting cabin. She was wearing a blue polka dot dress. The gunshots were done at close range, leaving severe powder burns on her face, and the bullets passed through her brain. It was determined that her body had been there sometime before 1.30 a.m. Robbery was ruled out as a motive. She was still wearing her wedding rings, and her purse was found nearby containing $9, a pack of cigarettes, a worn case knife, and a slip of paper with a license plate written on it. During the investigation that day, bloodstains were found in the Robertson garage along with blood-stained clothing and a straight razor. Stevenson and Robertson were arrested. 
Would you be surprised to know that both Robertson and Stevenson said they had affairs with Mamie? Apparently the affair with Clarence Stevenson was a rumor and not truthful, but there is other information that suggests otherwise. Clarence Stevenson was moved to a neighboring county for his safety to prevent a posse from killing him. On July 8th, Clarence Stevenson sent a letter to his sister. In it, he told her he would die before he would lie on the Robertsons. He asked his sister to let Louise Robertson, Harry's wife, know that he wouldn't do anything to hurt Mr. Harry or her. There was a grand jury where Clarence Stevenson was indicted and Harry Robertson was not. The rumor was that most of the grand jury was made up of men that Mamie had affairs with. Clarence was put on trial and the jury there only took 51 minutes to convict him of murdering Mamie Thurman. There was an appeal, but it was turned down. Stephen was transported to the West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia. He was transferred to Huttonsville Prison Farm where he died from stomach cancer in 1942. Later, a Logan County inmate said that Clarence had confided in him that he did not kill Mamie, but that he was hired to take her body to Trace Mountain. Now no one knows where Mamie's body is buried. Her death certificate states she was buried in Logan Memorial Park, but when Mamie's half-brother went to find her grave and place a headstone, he was unable to find where it was located. Her brother, George Morrison Jr., placed an ad in the newspaper asking for information on her whereabouts. He received information from a man that the man had been paid by a prominent doctor to exhume Mamie's body. Another mail caller said Mamie had been killed by a woman. The records from the funeral home indicate that Mamie's body was sent to Kentucky and she was buried there in her hometown. But there is no record of her burial there either. So no one knows where her body is. But wherever she is, she isn't at rest. Trace Mountain Road, where Mamie's body was found, is, not call, is now called 22 Mountain Road. There's a memorial there marking where her body was found, and a lot of people assume incorrectly that that's where she's been buried. The area is popular when young people go looking to scare themselves. The legend says that if you go there and put your car in park, Mamie's ghost pushes your car uphill. But, like most Gravity Hill roads, this is simply an illusion and your car is naturally being moved by gravity. That doesn't mean that Mamie's ghost hasn't been there. Motorists say they have seen Mamie's ghost up on the mountain certain nights and her mournful screams echo through the mountain. Some have seen her wearing a dark cloak and leaning against a tree along the road. She's allegedly doomed to walk the road back and forth until the truth of her murder is revealed. Relatives of Mamie, through her husband Jack Thurman, supposedly had an encounter with the ghost. Twins Maria and Megan Thurman were 10 years old when they were out late at night near 22 Mountain to look around out of curiosity. Side note, this cracks me up because I can assure you Myself and my cousin would 100% do the same thing, and have. So the twins go out to look around. They walked around with flashlights while their father waited down the hill in the car. Suddenly, they heard a sound like a gunshot and a horrible scream. 
In the beams of their flashlights, they saw a large man standing over a slumped body with a knife and gun in his hands. The man disappeared. The girls screamed and raced down the hill to their father, who didn't believe them. So he went back up the hill with the girls, and there they found a dark stain on the side of the road that looked like blood. Many believe that this vision was an actual residual haunting, basically a film strip that was playing over and over of the actual murder. Mamie's ghost is also known to hitchhike. Those who have picked her up in their car say that when they turn to make small talk with the woman, there's no one there. Many coal truck drivers have picked up a woman wearing retro clothing, and she disappears from the cab of the truck. She's also asked bus drivers to take her to 5 and 6 Holden. When the bus arrives, she has disappeared from the bus. In the weeks after her murder, Mamie's ghost would appear late at night, sitting in the back of the bus that had a route on the mountain. Her ghost appeared to be soaking wet. The apparition would pull the string to stop the bus and then vanish, leaving only a wet seat behind. So there are a lot of questions here about, Ma- about Mamie's murder and who did it. The bloodstain evidence is damning, and I tend to believe that Clarence Stevenson didn't kill Mamie, but I believe that he would have definitely moved her body and lied for the person who committed the murder. I'm not sure Mrs. Robertson would have had the strength to break a neck, slit her throat, and shoot her in the head. That's a lot. I mean, I could do it if I found out my husband was cheating, though more than likely he'd be the dead one. Mr. Robertson is definitely high on the list of possible subjects. But what if her husband did find out about her affairs? It seems hard to believe that he wouldn't have heard some kind of whispers or rumors around town, especially being a policeman. Then the question is, did Mrs. Robertson convince somebody else to kill Mamie? She already knew about the affair, she wasn't happy about the affair, and if you remember, There was supposed to be a clandestine meeting between Mr. Robertson and Mamie, and he canceled it. And then he becomes very nervous later in the evening, so much so that he asks his friend, Clarence Stevenson, to try to find her and keep an eye on her. It's almost as if he knew something was going to happen, which makes me believe Mrs. Robertson somehow was involved in what went on. But... We're never really going to know what happened, unless somebody figures out how to interrogate a ghost. Which did happen back in the Greenbrier episode last week. That's going to do it for this episode. I apologize that it is a little bit shorter than usual. But as I said, it's been a crazy couple of weeks here. Things are returning more to normal, and I'm going to have quite a bit of quiet time the next week ahead. I have several different episodes actually just about finished with the note writing and the research. Um, We have one more that is going to take place in West Virginia, and I promise I will leave West Virginia alone for a little while. It is actually a true crime episode. It will probably be the next one up, just a heads up. So that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can find Lurk wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast or at lurkpodcast.com where you can find all of our episodes along with the social media links. If you like what you hear, consider telling your friends. And if you have a minute, 
please consider giving us a five-star review. And until next time, keep lurking. Mm-hmm.